This is Tuesday, October 17th. If you're a parent, what do you believe your mission is? What do you believe God has called you to do? Now, there are a few possibilities here. We either have not thought about this and we just try to get through another day, or we have thought about our mission and we might be out of focus. Or we can know what God has called us to be and do as parents. Now, my kids are grown and they have families of their own. But fairly often, I wish I could get a do-over. If you're a parent, likely you know what I'm talking about. I grew up playing golf with my dad, well, because he loved golf. And if I wanted to hang out with him, I could nearly always find him on a golf course. My dad would allow me, when golfing with him, to take one mulligan. Yes, your tee shot slices and drops into a lake, and you simply take out another ball and declare, I'm going to take my mulligan. Just like that, you get another shot without a penalty. And that's something of what I would like with my kids. Except, I would need far more than one. Now, I want to get to our text because it will help us with this conversation about the calling of parents. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be in, on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, this is the most important text in the entire Hebrew Bible. It has been often called the Magna Carta of the Jewish faith. That is the statement, the formative statement underneath it all. Why? Well, because in their world, the people that lived around them had a host of deities. The Canaanites didn't believe in one God, but in scores of them. Most significant things in their lives were associated with different gods. For example, there was a God for the sun, a God for the weather, one that watched over the crops one that enabled them to have children, one that was connected to water and rain. You get the idea. But the Jewish people were nothing like the Canaanites. They knew there is only one true and living God, the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. This declaration about the Lord being one, about there being one God, set them apart from everyone else. Now imagine how radical this truth was to them. They did, have, did not have to appease scores of gods that dominated all the different aspects of their lives and, and the world. There is only one God. And if this one God is Lord over all, think of what he must be like. He has control over everything. He is sovereign over water and crops and fertility, everything else. Of course, if this is true, then this Lord is worthy of all worship worthy of having our hearts and minds and all that we are. But notice what comes so quickly upon this world-transforming truth. Here is the calling of parents. Their job is to lead the next generation into the knowledge of this one true and living God, to know this one who is Lord over all. There can be nothing more important than this 
because there is no one more important than the Lord. And this all makes sense. This knowledge of God is passed from parent to child and so on, and on and on from generation to generation, across all time. I remember years ago, after my grandmother died, having the opportunity to peruse her Bible. There were notes in the flyleaf, underlinings in the text. Her Bible was marked up because she read it and she studied it. I realize that this part, this is part of the legacy that I inherited through the grace of God. Now, this may not mean so very much to us today. We may not have the tight extended families that Israel had at the time. But this was and is meant to be the chief way that the knowledge and worship of God is to be passed down. How will that happen? Well, the word first has to be in the heart of the parents. The truth about God must be internalized, made real and living in the hearts, in the minds of the people of God. Then we see that this knowledge of God is shared at every turn, not only in designated teaching venues of life like worship or church, but in every aspect, because the Lord reigns over and in everything. So we talk about him when we're eating, when we're out on the road, when we're resting, when we're active, and when we're not. We place reminders of the Lord at hand to remind us so that we don't forget. This is God's world. He is present with us even now by his Spirit, and he is sovereign over all things. We too are his You see, this is the parent's calling, to so live in communion with God that we share the truth of who he is with everyone in our household. Now, I started off with the image of a mulligan, that free shot in golf when we've made a bad one, and how parents, as parents, we see the many ways that we've fallen short, times we missed opportunities or times we flat out failed. Yes, this scripture is a call to show forth Christ in every way, even those times when we fail and fall, to point to God as our only Redeemer, because He is Lord of all. It recognizes His sovereign love through it all, and in light of this, it makes us all the more eager to reflect the knowledge of Him to our children, to our grandchildren, to all the children in our congregation. It is that that God calls us to this because of who he is and also because he's worthy of worship and he's worthy to be served. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for so often missing our mission in the lives of our children. We acknowledge there is no one like you. Empower us by your grace and through your spirit to share the knowledge of you to the praise of Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen.